0: Hey guys, welcome to Lords of Order episode 105. Lords of Order is a DC Doctor Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and there will be spoilers, so be aware. slash Doctor Fate is the website. The email address, the Doctor Fate fan podcast at gmail.com. Lords of Order is has Facebook and Google Plus pages, and you can tweet me at Teal, T E A L Productions. The main topic, which I will try very hard to stay on this episode, is the Dark Knights Metal miniseries, six issues. Came out from DC um, last year, I believe, 2017. Might have finished up early this year, but I think it started last year. It was written by Scott Snyder and James Tynan Fourth. and anyone listening who doesn't already know, it is pronounced Tynan, not Tinian. Please don't do that. It just shows that you don't listen to other podcasts that have interviewed him and found out that his name is pronounced Tynan. Penciled by Greg Capullo. Michael Jannin, and Alvaro Martinez, inks by Jonathan Glapion, Raul Fernandez, and Mikel Jannin, colors by FCO Placencia, June Chung, and Brad Anderson, and lettered by Steve Wands. Now, any of those names I mispronounced, I apologize for because I have not heard most of those names mentioned, and I do listen to podcasts virtually 8 hours a day 5 days a week because I have a desk job at a computer and that's all I do is listen to podcasts. Just ask anybody. I'm always responding to their episodes on Twitter, both positively and negatively. So, now Dr. Fate is in this. He is he is quasi prominent in the story. Those things that he did in the story uh, they could have done Another way, they they didn't have to use Dr. Fate to do them, but they did make uh, Dr. Fate fairly integral in the story by way of his raiment's helmet, belt, the gauntlets that he wears, and his Ankh symbol. He does appear in the first issue uh, at the very end of the book or perhaps the end, let me see, Eh, near the end, after the story has gotten moving, uh, I apologize, let me step back for a a moment. Those of you that may not know what Dark Knight's Metal was about, it was a, uh, with Scott Snyder at the helm, of course it was a Batman vehicle. It introduced some very interesting things to the DC Universe as a whole. Some things that... Uh, writers will be able to pull from for years and years until it just completely gets undone. I mean they they introduced a the the possibility of a of a wealth of story points. Basically what we have discovered is that you know recently the DC universe has been pared down into 52 um we'll we'll call them Universes. The the okay. The DC multiverse has been pared down to fifteen, uh, fifty two. Excuse me, fifty two universes, both positive and negative, being negative antimatter. So both matter and antimatter universes, fifty two in total. That's all there. That's all there is. Everything everybody has discovered since fifty two has come back to one of these fifty two known universes of the multiverse. Well, now it is proposed and apparently it is the case that there is a a dark meaning evil multiverse that is much vaster than our good, shall we say, 52 universe multiverse. Now I know that you know some of our universes were bad. Uh, I think most of the antimatter universes that I have seen are positioned to be bad, just by their very nature. Being made of antimatter would be bad for us, right? Because the nature of matter. But this supposition of a vast multiverse, where our multiverse is just one of many multiverses of evil. And so that is the uh, supposition that is presented with nth metal, and that is the metal that revolves around the Hawkman mythos. nth metal is the um, conductor, shall we say, between the two universes. Manipulation of nth metal allows entry, um, allows travel between the two, Again, I, I'm not sure that you know the verbiage really matters, just that access between our multiverse and the dark multiverse. And again, dark is meant to be evil, not light, not antimatter, but evil, um, is through nth metal. And so, those raiments that I mentioned of Dr. Fates apparently contain or are completely constructed, which we've never heard, so I would trend towards the contain aspect. They contain nth metal, and so that is how Dr. Fate is written into being uh, potentially an integral part, because that nth metal is a conduit between. So we see that he is uh, viewing a premonition. We just have a, a bust of his on the page, and the image is of two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven creatures all darkened out so you can't see any details. In a light, scrying sphere, probably is what this is, with arcs of energy coming out as they are. Their coming is, is what we're to gather from this. So that was, in this first issue, that was the only uh, appearance of Dr. Fate. Now again, this this miniseries is very, very heavily a Batman vehicle. There is there is no doubts about that. Uh, the second issue, uh, we don't have anything from Doctor Fate. In the third issue, we see that um, the evil creatures have gained entry to our. Our universe, uh, potentially, I guess, also our multiverse, but they're focusing on our universe, the, uh, the prime DC universe. I don't know what the, what the number is or anything like that for it. And that is where they're really focusing on. So our the, the characters that we normally see, including Batman and the Justice League, are at the forefront of trying to stem what appears to be an unstemmable situation they just are not really making any headway whatsoever so as that is the case those that remain the heroes um something has been happening to the the heroes as they're defeated they're not killed uh they're not sent anywhere they are they are put under the sway of one of these dark creatures that came through um in particular. Now, interestingly enough, all of the creatures that we see anyways, they have the powers of the of our justice league. Um they're simulacrums of all of our members except that they are all Bruce Wayne from various universes in the dark multiverse. So in these different and and they're evil. So Bruce Wayne gained these different powers complementary to our Justice League in the Dark Multiverse and became evil. So they're all evil counterparts of the JLA, all are Bruce Wayne manifestations, including uh, the Big Bad, who is referred to as uh, the Batman Who Laughs, I believe is what they call him. And, uh, of course, just from that name, if you are familiar with... DC, definitely if you're familiar with Batman, you kind of have a vision of that aspect of Bruce Wayne, right? Because there's only really one character that's known for laughing in our Bruce Wayne's uh, rogues gallery. So in, um, in pseudo-retreat, uh, in, in trying to stay away from the notice of these dark characters hunting and hunting particularly our heroes. The remaining unaffected heroes have retreated to the Oblivion Bar, and so they are trying to make plans, um, a battle plan, as it were, but also just an opportunity to get some uh, succor from the war. Just, you know, a respite. Brief, though it may be a respite nonetheless. Uh, Dr. Fate is pretty... Important here because he is able to get our heroes, anybody, from the regular multiverse to the Oblivion Bar because the Oblivion Bar is supposed to be a uh, in a location or in a universe that is – I believe it's described as being sideways from ours. So there's not a necessarily a direct connection is the way I interpret that, but rather if you know where it is and have a way to get there, then you know where to go kind of thing. Uh, in the course of this story, we see that Green Arrow apparently has some nth metal too. I'm not a hundred percent sure where he has gotten it. He has a, an arrowhead, or actually, it turns out to be multiple arrowheads made of nth metal. Um, again, we reassert. Uh, Doctor, not Doctor, Mister Terrific explains Doctor Fate's connection via the nth metal. Also, it turns out that uh, Steel's hammer has nth metal in it, and Plastic Man, his vibrational energy is somehow attuned to that of the vibrational energy pattern of Nth Metal. So that, um, you know, he's Plastic Man, so he's not made of Nth Metal. But he, to to all appearances, he acts like it and seems to be because of that vibrational similarity, which is, um, I guess, is on an atomic or subatomic level the atoms act the same way that nth metal atoms act, even though they're not the same compound. So we find out that those things also, um, as they have been attempting to collect the nth metal um, to pursue a a particular path of of solving this problem, and and these things have come to light. They decide that they have what nth metal is um, available on our, on, on Earth, in our universe. So they cast a net to see what other nth metal is available, and they find different places, not just in our universe, but in the multiverse, our multiverse. And they decide that their next plan of attack, uh, rather than trying to fight these dark creatures, the dark army, I guess as it were, directly, uh, they're going to try to run around, move around, stay under the radar, and and collect the rest of this nth metal that has been detected to pursue, again, a a particular plan that way. So Dr. Fate uh, is the conduit uh, for transporting the various groups to their various locales. He himself also winds up in one of the groups uh, because of his magical abilities. So here in Issue 3... We see that he is helping them send their various groups. And then by the end of issue three, he has left with the final group. And hmm, no, not and. I apologize for that. Uh, Moving on to issue four, the group that Dr. Fate has stayed with is Wonder Woman. And the female who identifies as Lady Blackhawk, but really is Kendra Hall. So, for those of you not familiar, this newest iteration of DC, uh, those two are the same person. Whereas, up until now, they haven't been. And we will continue to see Kendra Hall in yet another guy's after this miniseries. So, they're really using her character quite a bit. But, Dr. Fate, Wonder Woman, and Lady Blackhawk are at the Rock of Eternity, which is at the cosmic center of our multiverse. So it is in the center of our 52, as it were. And so they're trying to secure the antimetal Metal that has been detected there. And they're fighting the um, the seven, seven sins that have gotten extra hyped and extra evil, I think, because of what is going on with the intrusion from the Dark Dimension. So they manage to defeat them looking, as I said, for the Nth Metal that turns out to be Hawkman's mace, which he has used on and off throughout the years as a primary weapon of his. Um, how or why it wound up at the Rock of Eternity, I don't believe it's ever really addressed, particularly since at this time, I don't even know that Hawkman is in the DC Universe right now as this was coming out. I think he was still dead, or maybe that miniseries came out right before this. I don't know. But he's not, a, he's not necessarily a regular part yet, so this may be part of the thoughts behind getting him back into the mainstream DC universe. Well, as they are there and have uh, seemingly accomplished their goal, our trio of heroes is attacked by Black Adam, which um, he also has a connection to the Rock of Eternity. No appearances of any of the Marvel family, by the way. So there is that. But Black Adam is there, who, you know, does have a connection to the Marvel family and to the Rock of Eternity itself. So he's the last stand of the bad guys there, and he seemingly wins, uh, particularly since he manages to do something to Dr. Fate. It appears as though. Dr. Fate is uh, vaporized, leaving only his helmet. Lady Blackhawk is turned dark by the evil forces that are here at the, uh, the Rock of Eternity now. So Lady Blackhawk is turned. Dr. Fate is gone. That leaves a Wonder Woman to try to fight off Black Adam by herself. The last we see of Dr. Fate's helmet, it's lying here on the ground by itself with tendrils of smoke and or blackish energy. I'm not sure which they're supposed to be to me. They look like smoke uh, wafting out of the various holes in the helmet, the eyes and the ear apertures. So that turns out to be the last we see of Dr. Fate in issue four. No Dr. Fate in the fifth issue. In the sixth issue, as the end of the battles start to occur, the Trinity, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, have determined that the Nth Medal perhaps was misspoken and should be the Ninth Medal, because combining it with some other things, they form the Tenth Medal, and it imbues them with greater strengths and goodness and all that is positive and stuff like that. So they get together and start freeing some of their uh, compatriots that have succumbed until they have a group. And then using the positive Kumbaya vibes of you can do it from that group through Dr. Fate they start freeing other heroes and other people. So they they start to reverse this evilness that had taken everyone in and either cleansing them of the evilness or turning them back towards the goodness from which they came. Um, Until finally, there now are enough goods to counteract and defeat the bads and our heroes ultimately win with the uh, pretty major help of Dr. Fate. All in all, the series just did nothing for Dr. Fate's mythos. Well, no, I take that back. There is a connection now to Nth Metal for Dr. Fate, uh, leading back to, I guess, what would be ancient Egypt when those rainments were first constructed by Nabu. So there is that. That could be something substantial, down the road, that a Dr. Fate, or even, I guess, perhaps a Hawkman uh, creator, which is occurring now, there is now a Hawkman title, it's a couple, three issues in as I record this, so there can be a connection to Dr. Fate, but only back to ancient Egypt and, and our Earth, not back to anything having to do with Lords of Order, Lords of Chaos, or anything on a mystical level. Just a physical connection to the fact that Nabu used Nth Metal in the construction of what has been raiments used by Dr. Fate since he, Nabu, constructed them. A little tenuous, I guess, but it's there. In the process, though, of defeating this Dark Multiverse, the Source Wall of the DC universe, which has always been from back in the days of Kirby was broken. So that also opens up just a wealth of creative possibility in that now, because of that creators can seemingly do and say anything they want, introduce anything they want and lead it back to the source wall, which has always been a great unknown. Um, Obviously, the source wall divided us from something, and that something could have been, you know, who knows. I think right now, most of the somethings that are coming through our uh, coming through are older than our current universe. So, I think that's what a lot of people have been doing. Energies, creatures, perhaps other realms. And so, I don't know what that means for the 52, I guess. What's on the other side of the source wall is still a, pow- a part of our universe, even though it was an unknown part. So I guess you don't have to worry about there only being 52 universes, which now there's not because we have the dark multiverse of multiverses, as it were. So just between those two, there there is no limit to what now there, – there seemingly are no rules. Anything can happen. Anywhere, anyhow, and this is that that concept. Anything can happen, is going to lead us into four new distinct JLA books. Each book will have a group of JLA members with a particular mission. My interest is going to be in the Dark JLA uh, because their mission revolves around magic. They are going to be led by Wonder Woman, which. Interesting. Okay. First, before I get into that, let me, let me say this. This series, I think, is good in that it has given us back Lady Blackhawk, Kendra Hall, whatever she turns out to be. I believe perhaps her hawk girl, hawk woman armor is going to be a cleaned up version of the armor that she wore when she was converted to the Dark Lady Blackhawk in Dark Knight's Metal. The armors look very similar. Uh, Carter Hall, Hawkman is back. Plastic Man is back. Martian Manhunter, the Metal Man, Red Tornado. We had an appearance by Daniel slash Sandman. So there's a much more direct link now. He appeared to Batman, actually. Uh, Much more direct link now than what there has been. Uh, We have the Council of Immortals, the Immortal Man, and a new Challengers of the Unknown. So this story has brought us... uh, back many aspects of Bronze, Silver Age DC that perhaps had gone missing over the recent uh, five to ten years. So that's always a good thing, because that means that the opportunity to tell good stories is back. And I'll just leave that where that lay. Um, The Dark JLA, Dark whatever that book has been called, I don't recall off the top of my head led by Wonder Woman. Uh there's there was there's been a lot of talk in the uh, geek circles as to why Wonder Woman is leading that. And of all the current JLA members and the fact that this one revolves around magic, I don't understand why it would be that much of a stretch that she does. You know, she is linked directly to the Greek gods and goddesses. How much more magical as opposed to scientific. Now, can you have than that? You know, Superman, Batman, Cyborg, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunt. Nobody has the kind of link to magic that that Wonder Woman has. So I, I don't understand why fans are so, why there are fans, I should say, that are so confused that Wonder Woman is leading this group. Now, this is also going to be the group that Dr. Fate is a part of. And I believe we see this come together a little bit more in the Justice League No Justice miniseries that I'll cover in another couple, three episodes to finally get us caught up with the the truly current exploits of Dr. Fate. Now, the first issue of the Dark JLA book has come out, and there was no Dr. Fate to be seen but it's my understanding from creator conversations that dr fate will be involved heavily and so i guess we have that even though he is not on the team in the first issue unless you know the team it will expand in the in the future don't know but as far as i can tell that is the only sign that uh, dr fate will be appearing in the contemporary dc universe for the time being constant rumors of a JSA revival, and I think I saw something else recently tied to that in a conversation revolving around the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Basically, DC is wanting to bring back more than what they have already, but they're saying, you know, cool your jets. We need to, to portion this out over time. So, you know, maybe in the next year or two, they will finally have a justice society book that will include dr fate which i think any justice society book must uh, but that's just me so there we go there is the dark knights metal if you are a dr fate fan avoid it if you are a dc or a batman fan it probably is a must read if if you're you know a huge fan of the dc universe you're a you're a fanboy uh, then i i think Metal, if you haven't read it, is definitely something that you should read, because it's a major uh, turning point for the current DC Universe as a whole, with the introduction of the Dark Multiverse and the sundering as it were, of the Source Wall big, huge effects on the DC Universe moving forward. Next issue we go back to the 1936 volume of More Fun Comics and talk about what Kent Nelson and Dr. Fader up to from issue 95 of that book. Talk to you guys next episode. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non commercial, non derivative 3.0 unported license.